Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at RiderFlex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the RiderFlex show for updates on new episodes. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the book we recently launched, The RiderFlex Guide, Inspiring and Hiring, available for purchase on Amazon. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Cooper Mojienko on the Rider Flex podcast. Hello, Cooper. How are you, sir? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing fine. Mojienko, that's my first question. Tell me about it. What is that? Is that is that Russian well, or what, what? what is that? So it's actually um, originally Ukraine. My family is, they went to uh, Germany. And then next thing you know, it, we're actually in the Midwest. So um, in Michigan, we in Michigan here. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I have a fan, basically all of my family is from one clustered area in Southwest Michigan. I see. Um, it's so nice. Yep. Just That's to see cool. them all. Um, access right on the lake. Um, oh, cool! But right. yeah, right. were your parents were they immigrants? Were they first one first ones over, or they were second generation, or what's the what's the timeline? So my mother has been here for a while um, okay. in the United States, but when it comes to my dad, he flew in when he was just a baby. Um, um, so can say it, yeah, and they're high school sweethearts. Oh, they are. Um, All right, yeah, small yeah. town, and they're still but, married. Still, still married? married, yeah. Wow. Very good. You know, I love, don't, don't you love that? I just really, I'm 56 this summer and uh, man, I just really respect people that stay married 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, that, that I have a lot of respect for that. Right. You know, that ability and patience, right? Yes. You know, it's so easy to just run and give up and, you know, complain. It's like, man, just come on, man, work through it. I just had a friend the other day, like he's 55 and he's getting divorced and he's been married like 30 years. I'm like, bro, really like why like that, you know i mean yeah they say happy wife happy life yeah i mean you know come on deal with it you know uh but anyway i'm glad so your folks are still there and you got some family near you can you speak any other languages i cannot no okay uh, that's actually on the to-do list is to learn one of those languages but uh, things are quite busy right now what well, right yeah you don't have a lot of yeah when you're an entrepreneur you don't have like a lot of spare time to just sit around and take on extra <laughs> hobbies <laughs> Yeah, what's a hobby again? No. Uh, so I saw that you played football. So you were an athlete. Uh, you played Division One football. That is a big deal. Uh, so you were an athlete in high school. Yeah, so I was an athlete in high school: baseball, basketball, football, track, golf. Wow! Um, but football. My father played football as well. Oh, cool! So in yeah, college, he was he college played player? for Michigan State. Um, wow. And then All unfortunately right. got to play for um actually about 70 years in the league. San Francisco, um San Diego, as well as Washington. No shit. Your dad was an NFL player. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Were you yeah. were you old enough to remember any of it or no? Nope. When I was born, they just he was just finishing. So, okay. Okay. Yeah, but you've seen how I'm, I'm sure you've seen you've seen the highlight reels, right? Like I'm sure you've seen video. In the eighties? Yeah, yeah does a little he, fuzzy, but <laughs> does he have like a bunch of VHS tapes, like up, like in a cabinet they got, somewhere? They got a few boxes. They got a few boxes. Absolutely, that's pretty. Cool. They were tapes. 
Yeah. Pretty cool. All right. Pretty cool. So he was, so what's your size? You're probably a big guy then, aren't you? Yeah. So six, four, about 225 pounds. Um, but yeah. Um, it's a blessing, right? It's a blessing. And I'm thankful for him for just, you know, he could sit there on his lawn chair and tell me how to, uh, kick a football or punt a football. Uh, he was a kicker and puncher, but oh, he was. Is he? Is he a big dude too? Six three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're six four yeah. two forty. You said about two twenty five. Yeah. Still, I want you on my side when we're at the bar together. I want you. I want you with with me. <laughs> we'll be safe. We'll be safe. <laughs> uh, that's cool, man. Uh, what'd your dad do after football? He was, he actually, interesting, he joined a startup. It was a logistics company. He was the third um, employee, actually, after the founders. So he okay. was set, doing sales for that, brought that up. And then he's ever been since until he retired, um, he was doing sales for a logistics company, um, expediting and all of that. So but is oh. this as interesting as it says, the study saying that a lot of when you were born, uh, what your uh, father is doing is usually predominantly the standard of base of what you do without even consciously knowing. But I heard that fact and I was like, huh, yep. that's interesting. Yeah, yep. that's probably true. Yeah, the stats probably prove that out, I, I, I would think. Yeah, for sure. And how about your mom? My mother, uh, she I like to consider her the, the smart one of the family. Uh, so she was actually a stay-at-home mom. Okay. She did, went through college, was considering something in the medical field. But when my father um, actually had his contracts assigned for the, the NFL, so that was his career, she wanted to just strictly kids and yeah. Um, How yeah, many siblings? How many? Got- I have a brother and a sister. I'm the, I'm the baby of the family. Oh, so you probably, did you get away with more? Did you get a chance to like, you know? Break some well, rules. You know, I like to say I was uh, I got to see a lot more, <laughs> uh, you know, observe and see how I should act to uh, um, get away with it. But I you know I like to never say I was getting away with things. Did you ever get in any major trouble? Do you have to call your dad from the sheriff's office or anything cool? Anything? No, thankfully not. Thankfully not. <laughs> a few friends, a few friends of mine. Yes. <laughs> but, were uh, you? So you were fairly. Things. Fairly decent student then. I mean, like A's, B's, or yeah. were... school is school. I like to say school is quite easy um, for me personally, okay. but okay. I was also a bad student. I would go not to class a lot, but um, do all my work ahead. That was usually typically what I did. But yeah, so I got pretty in depth with H and A Live. Um, actually, in right in the middle of university studies. That's why there's nothing else on your LinkedIn. I'm I'm trying to study you this morning. Like I'm on the treadmill. I'm doing my homework, of course, before the podcast. I'm like, well, fuck, I can't like I can't even find anything on this guy. What what there's no history here? What's going on with Cooper? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, you can sit um so yeah, I've been working with H and Y for quite since 2018 or so. I see. Uh, that's what well, okay. Okay. I'm compulsively um in love with technology innovation as well. Um I kind of lead towards it without even trying to how about that what was your major uh engineering technology major is also construction management but then i also did a minor in computer science that's when i fell in love with how um just the vast amount of opportunities in technology you could say 
but bro, um, you you are you are a determined kid. I mean, I don't mean to call you a kid, but you know what I mean. I mean, first of all, uh, I did not play division uh, sports in college, but I've been hiring and interviewing people for thirty years. Right, I've been managing people for a long, long time. To play division one sports and have a tough major and somehow find time to kind of tinker around with a startup. I mean, okay. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a go, you're a hustler. You're a hustler for sure. Right. I mean, that takes a lot of determination. I like to stay busy for sure. Um, yeah. I like to say football too. And it's like considered almost a job and a half itself. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, so that's division like Yes. High performance, you got to have a lot of teamwork, a lot of things which people learn throughout their careers and such. It was a blessing to just get them jammed in right with. There's so many skill sets. But, totally. Yeah. I, to I totally agree. As a recruiting firm, uh, you know, our day job here at Riderflex, you know, I'm always telling the recruiters, I'm like, look, if you get a candidate to play division one sports, I mean, there's something about them. I mean, coachable, people skills, work mm -hmm. ethic, organization. I mean, there's so many things that that can't be late. That's for sure. It can't be late. I mean, just yeah. you know, just all of it. I, I was interviewing this lady one time, and she played uh, lacrosse for Cornell, four year starter, four year starter. Nice. And uh, I only knew that because we, as we were talking, she tells me, and I'm like, well, that's nowhere on your LinkedIn. And she goes, oh, you think, you think I should put that on my LinkedIn? I'm like, yeah, I think you yeah. should put that on your LinkedIn. <laughs> I mean, never be like, bodacious about it, but yeah, if, but if, still. You, if, if you invested your time into it and worked really hard about it and uh, no doubt. you usually are typically confident about talking about it. So you deserve yeah, to no put it on there. Absolutely. Uh, what about your social status? What's going on? Uh, girlfriends, married, boyfriends, social, single, mom? Single, single right now. Um, so it's been too busy. I've been putting way too much. Well, there's no such thing as way too much, but a lot of my time into HA Live. Okay. So, in respect towards attention and um, everything else, staying single for now. So what, so what happened was you were kind of in a relationship in college and then you lost it because you, you weren't giving them enough attention. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, not, not necessarily. Oh, okay. It's just, you know, any, any bit of attention when it comes to um, relationships and your significant other, you have to give 100% just like jobs, just like sports or yourself personally. Yeah, no doubt. Do you, do you have any vices? I mean, you're a pretty squeaky clean guy. What, what? What do you do this bad, Cooper? I mean, give me something. What, what's your? Do you do anything? What, what, what's going on? You smoke cigars? I mean, something. Give me something. No, I I so my vice is typically sleeping. I um, sleeping that sounds boring, but it's just if I'm exhausted. I'd say I'm really active. I like hiking. I like um, um, just doing things like exploring uh, new new areas, traveling, uh, meeting new people. Just those are, I guess, you could say my vices. Okay. But how'd you get to, how'd you get to Denver? How? Well, so originally we were in Michigan, um, started developing in 2018. Once we got to a certain point, we saw how the scalability of everything with HA Live. Typically, we want to have the absolute best headquarter um to scale up from there. Uh, you know, also have an ecosystem which can support such of a scaling and um, resources and everything so 
we did a huge study on you know the top cities in across the United States uh-huh. based on our projections and all of those particular variables and uh-huh. things like that. And it was pointing towards Denver when it came to our specific, uh, what we provide, innovative technology. So a lot of grades going on in Denver. Had you been to, had you been out West before a few times or did, were you? Yes. Yeah. This is like probably a, a good year of due diligence, you could say, a year or two. But but um, before the before the due diligence, had you been out West to Colorado or any of the mountain states at all, visited? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And it's beautiful regardless, but also, you know, on the back end of things, when it comes to the economy and ecosystem, um, there's a lot of great going on there. Yeah, you get both, right? That's the that's the positive about Colorado. Yeah, like, yeah. Like you, you get the whole entrepreneurial culture and vibe and atmosphere, investors, advisors. Mm-hmm. I mean, all you, you got to go two hours any direction. You can get on a plane and take care of what you need to do, right? Major, yeah, major airport. Uh, great people for startup and very supportive, very nice. Yes, 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 yes. And you get the, you also get the outdoor stuff. If you're an outdoor person, you get, you get that too. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. The, you know, it's in like Southwest Michigan, we had the dunes and state parks on the beach. And I like to say there's no other, uh, it's an upgrade because in Denver, it's just a large mountain. It's the one of the best in the United States. So. Uh, you really can't beat it. Man. Also, with yep. the skiing, snowboarding, things like that. Op- options. Options are really good to have. Wherever options you are good. Yeah, options are good. So you moved out uh, by yourself, or did you bring some co-founders? What? Who? Who came out with you? So by myself, it's been been just always really busy. We had a Excel. I was in uh, Colorado Springs for an accelerator. So the summer accelerator as well with HNA Live on behalf yeah. and. Um, it was more so a solo mission to make sure that Denver and Colorado was the area. But after so long of engaging with the right people, um, it was easy to pick. Okay. Uh, all right. Very good. And man, you came out with no family members, no friends or anything. Have you, how long have you been here? Um, so I was in Denver for, consider me, you know, in Denver about the last half a year. You've been here. But, you've been here. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. Yeah. But you know, the thing's getting so much more busy. Like right now I'm in New York. Um, You're in New York. I, I see. I see. Yeah. I'll be traveling around much more technically now, but um, should be back into Denver probably by the next few weeks. So. Okay. Have you made any friends? You, have you met anybody interesting? Yeah. I've made great. I've made great work friends. I've made, uh, well, not work friends, but just connections. Yeah. You could say, and also great friends just out and about, but uh, there's still a few, air, not areas, but restaurants and other things that I haven't explored yet, which okay. is on my to-do list. Isn't it interesting, entrepreneurs, startup people, advisors, most of them are all willing to help and just give free advice mm-hmm. and talk to you, aren't they? Yeah, well, it's it's nice it's absolute because it's almost in respect towards the frustration when uh, you were, you know, if you'd have the solution, you're like, gosh, how long did that take me to figure that out confidently, hundred percent bless them with it. You know, uh, yeah. it's, you can't be selfish when you're an entrepreneur. It's growing your network. You know? Totally. 
Yeah, I completely agree. Um, if I have time, anytime somebody reaches out, I'll share whatever. And I've gotten the mm -hmm. same from, from so, from so many people. Okay. Um, so give me, give us, give us the elevator pitch here. HNA live. Okay. HNA live is the name of the company. Uh, and it's it is, in. it is HNA live is the website. Yeah. Give me the, give me the overview. Go for it. Okay. 3d AI visualization technology. That's a software. Um, we have these devices um, that can particularly pick up through our computer vision, um, any single task or movement or variable that typically manufacturing plants uh, like to analyze. So we can bring these equipment in to a plant within their sections and translate everything going on in real time to a portal that can then continuously analyze things, um, help them reduce waste, give them access to all of that particular data that they tend to spend quarter of a year trying to gather to then analyze and then invest in to then make better within their operation. Um, so it's we it's an optimization AI tool that uh, has computer vision, which uh, basically helps decision makers, managers, executives that run too many things at once, say 100 plus facilities, access and uh, assistance and AI tools that can analyze all that for them and then show them and lead them to the most critical issues. Okay. Can you give me, can, can you give me some real world, uh, commoner language examples? Like, um, like, like, give me something like, as you describe that. Can we capture, of... visualize and optimize business environments, regardless of what it is for okay. decision makers when it comes. So I'll give you like an, an example. Yeah. Typically a manager has to walk and say, where is this part? Where is yeah. this? Uh, we did case uh, pilots and such for a fiberglass manufacturing plant. Okay. Right. Um, where is this? Uh, the manager of the plant has to call someone. They have to go on a walkie-talkie, or they have to walk to see if the part's done. When we have this camera within the manufacturing plant, this camera now can give that manager access to all of the parts, where they are, how they are getting done, their status to complete them, when they're finished. And if there's any bottlenecks, if there's any waste reduction they could do, if there's too many labor employees, you know, uh, we're lowering their labor rate because they typically have to gather all of that stuff and make that insight to then drop it anyways. Um, but so our biggest okay. things right are safety, um, lowering the labor rate, as well as you could just say flow, product flow optimization. So once... Okay. Uh, once a manager or executive has access to our software, they now have access to every single manufacturing plant that they have to oversee. Would an example be um, Johnny is walking down the wrong two aisles and wasting a minute when he, if he would go this other way to get that part, now you just saved a minute times 365 days a year, whatever, or is that, is most that a simple, tiny example? Simple, yes. So <laughs> all of that particular stuff, which people are like, oh, oh, what actually is this? Well, we don't have the data for it. It's already there. We got it for them. It doesn't well, matter okay. what it is. 
Yeah. How does it, the camera, it, it, how does, how does the technology track? I guess all the products RFD tagged or all the supplies have to be, have to have tags on them or something. How, how does that work? So it spatially tracks them by learning what the objects are, what the products are and what the things moving are. So once the camera can see it will watch, it will data train and then it will learn that this is in a, this is a worker walking across the planet. This is the product. 3,220 moving across the plant to the next section. This is the forklift moving to pick this up. It knows it and then it'll transfer all of that data to our software, which then will start continuously analyzing it and providing all these reports and um, insight to keep optimizing the plant better. If I'm the manager, and I'm just going to keep using common or type language here for my own understanding. Am I getting? Am I looking at my tablet and there's like a report that says, "Hey, for, forklift efficiency is down because Johnny's like driving around playing around with it," and just, you know, is that? Yeah, anything that's like not common, <laughs> it will pick up. If there's a critical issue, it picks it up. If you're having a really good day, you'll just get an email or a text saying, "Hey, it's been a really good day." The things that you have to look at a spreadsheet in, um, you know, in a report and get that, it'll already be up. Um, automatically sense. Let's say, hey, there is a fire issue in um, plant this, plant that. It'll already know it as well as all the employees and send and relay all the information to the right people to solve this issue. Mm. Or, you know, executives, they're 10% critical issue point. Um, they usually just have to fix all these crazy problems and um, get them in the right direction for the future continuously. Uh, where are the 10% critical issues if you're operating at 100 plants? You need this data to be collected to understand actually where you need to solve issues. Will it tell me if Sally's taking 10 cigarette breaks compared to two cigarette breaks for everybody else? So we don't usually go towards uh, those like employee, uh, the employee movements, uh, issues, and HR, things like that. How come? Why? Why? Probably typical companies, everyone operates differently under specific employee protocols and uh, privacy. We don't want to any bit, um, you know, violate them. I see. How we do that is okay. not offering. I but see. if indeed, you know, uh, particular tools and cases, anyone can reach out to us and request it. It's okay. just not a package. All right. But if I had a part in the warehouse that Johnny's going to get five times a day, your system could say, Hey, if you move this part, if you move this part to aisle two, instead of aisle eight. Yeah. Is that, is that okay. Optimizing the layout completely or yeah. Just like how is today's day doing as an executive? It's already sent to you saying all of that. What else is it besides, besides movement and placement of objects? What, what uh, else is it telling me? Yeah. It's telling you any single real-time variable that you technically need, you could say. So employees, how many, let's say we got a five, we have five plants. How many employees within are in all five plants right now total? Okay. Okay. As a manager, you have that. You have how many employees are within each plant as a number. And then you have how many, obviously, within each section. Sometimes there's multiple, 15, 20 sections for, for each uh, that could be handy. That could be handy. Okay. Where is each part at? You can search, you can get it, you can know the status. 
how far along is it and flowing into the production line to be complete. You okay. can see any single robotic. Um, so, you know, manufacturing plants have robotics. We can plug in all of that data. You can see fire sensitivity. So if there's any bit of a temperature difference within a, a section of a plant, it'll, um, it can tell that. You can see material waste reduction. So how much your, how many, how much lamination are you actually using versus wasting? You can see anything essentially. A lot of it depends on the customization of the plant itself. So, you know, if you're doing fiberglass compared to steel fabrication plant, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. different systems, different processes, but um, obviously we can get any variable. We can visualize real time anything. Is it an inventory management tool as well or no? That, so that's also offered as well. Uh, it depends on the status of who we are servicing initially with our whole entire platform we provide. Okay. But yeah, if that's an issue within, like we've had some cases that, yeah, they need that. So we can integrate that. We can get that in for them. But others already have that kind of stuff. Most people have that, right? Like most companies have the inventory piece. Most, in a most way structured, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you're saying you can track the inventory visually. There's no tags. There's no There's no yeah, tag yeah. on it. How how would it how would it know like how many t-shirts I have on the shelf? I mean what they're kind of buried, they're folded. How how's how's that work? Well, like I said, particular cases, but for I'll give you the this the fiberglass. What we are you familiar with Li LIDAR technology by chance? Nope, sorry. So LIDAR technology, they it's this um, data collection device that spits out these um, you know, sensors on 360. So this thing can actually tell all of these specific movements around a radius of say 200 feet. Okay. Now, once you have all of these specific things happening, then we have an AI um, data tool that learns all of these things that are walking around. It does take a little bit of a, some, like takes about three to four weeks to data train everything. So it's typically 45 days. That's uh, but, um, Depending on the size and everything as well, but um, okay, yeah. So we use lidar to then seam it in together simultaneously to then be able to display and visualize in a much more simple way. Is this a um, one-time implementation fee and then on ongoing monthly service fee? What's the business is, model for you? It's typically a hundred. So a hundred thousand will give you a mid-sized manufacturing facility technology service for a year. That's the typical ball range. But a lot does, of it, does that does that does that include the initial setup, the training yes, of my yes, people yes. on how to use it, all of yep. that? And continuous, uh, you know, integration, technology integrations, improvements. People are watching the plant for you, trying to any every single aspect we're trying to improve for the plant. It's long term partnerships, um, and we yeah, we'll Is basically it, optimize it. I see. So it's not like a monthly SaaS necessarily. It's, no, it's, more... it's, it's not like an input SaaS where people have to input to then get it. Okay. It's doing it for you. Once okay. it's in there, it's you don't have to go get it. You don't have to import. You don't have to type anything. Uh, it's okay. automatically presenting it to you and okay. doing Good. all of the inputting for you. Okay. Which is phenomenal. Does the 100000 is that a yearly fee then? Or how's, how does that work? 
Yeah, so it's a yearly fee. Consider it like this way. A facility is adding on a, a data scientist. Data scientists are about a, you know, over a hundred thousand. Oh, yeah. They're more than a hundred thousand. They're more. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm in the recruiting business. They're more than a hundred thousand. <laughs> so let's say they want that. They can choose HNA Live, which has over one. You know, we have a, a large team, and once we can configure everything into their plant, we can have more than one person actually be monitoring that. Be okay. Do I, optimizing do I, uh, are you making deals? Are we? Are you cutting deals where like you pay monthly, quarterly? Do you have to pay up front annually? What are you? What this are you doing? So, so we have the spoke and. We've spoke with some that have over 200 plants and uh, then it's just, you know, specifically which ones and then it turns into a, a little negotiative um, I see. I discussion. See. But I'm when sorry. it comes to just one particularly, mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it all, it all depends on how large the plant is. I can say Okay. That. Okay. Very yeah. good. Uh, all right. All right. All right. And do you have case studies from when you're pitching and selling? Do you already, did you do some case studies where you can say, Hey, look, Mary owns this plant. She spent a hundred grand. Got it. Uh, we've been doing, we've been raising for the last year or so. Okay. Uh, with venture capital firms, okay. private equity, okay. going through all of that too. How much so. do I save? How how long does it take me to get my hundred grand back? What's your case study show on the savings and how long to get my money back? Uh, we can discuss that in a different kind of meeting. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, obviously you're able to show, I mean, you're obviously able to show the person you're selling the product to like, look, it's a hundred thousand dollar investment, but here's where you're going to save. Here's our case study. Here's yeah, how yeah, you, like you lowering labor rates by. Okay. So lowering labor rates by about 5% for okay. a middle sized facility. That's about okay. Okay. $250,000 plus. It can even range to 750 depending on how much you're adjusting that throughout the whole entire year based okay. on all of the insight uh, safety features that can actually lower um, ins uh, insurance premiums for the facility by over 10,000 monthly. Oh, that's good. Okay. We, I like that. Ourselves, um, right. Next one would be product flow waste reduction. We can actually, it, it's, it's unbelievable how up and down it is. So, we can get it to the point so precise that a facility can save within an entire year, uh, depending on their output, right? Um, over a million dollars. So there's a lot of waste reduction in plants as well, or in, you know, it all connects to a lot, but our software, it connects everything to one. So you, you don't have to do all of the, the legwork, you could say. Okay. Okay. This is going to sound maybe a little too futuristic, but, Will your data and information eventually plug to the robots that are in the warehouse and tell the robots what aisle to go? So the robots know how to move most efficiently through the warehouse when humans yeah, aren't, so when humans aren't industry, in the Industry, you got your, so that's really well, that's a good question. And uh, there's, we're industry 4.0. Industry 3.0 is robotics, automation, uh, integration, of those sorts of things, machines to then have specialists on them. Yes. Um, 4.0 is particularly, okay, where's the data to show and analyze that this needs to be something within it? Why does it need to be something within it and everything else? So to answer that question, that's a, an additional 
value point for us, it's because they yep. typically need yep. this uh, data to yep. know where to put this machine, these robotics yep. at. No doubt about it. Yeah, there's no yeah. doubt about it. I mean, like all joking aside, I mean, it, as we move along here, warehouses usually will not be filled with a bunch of humans. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you know. We have a lot of beautiful things that are coming into our economy that will be super helpful. Right? Yeah. Especially yep. automation and everything else. But we just, they just need a little bit of, there's still a lot of manufacturing plants out there that, mm -hmm. you know, consider them dinosaurs. That's what I always say. And here's another possible win for you. Um, if the Chinese and American relationship keeps getting rocky and we start, <laughs> and we start, Putting more manufacturing back in the U.S. and more warehouses because we don't want to have all our eggs in the basket for making things overseas. I mean, good news for you. That's good news for you. We're, we are happy to help. That's <laughs> I love that. Uh, I just saw uh, what was the guy? What was the guy? Mister Wonderful or whatever that was on uh, was on that one show. Uh, what's his name? What's, what's his real name? Uh, uh, the, the Shark Tank. Yeah, the Shark Tank guy. Yeah. He, uh, I just saw him. He said he's going to build a refinery, uh, a new refinery in the U.S. Which, like, when's the last time we built a new built a new refinery? I don't even know when. Nice. But I mean, you know, the point is, yeah, your technology and what you're doing, if it ties to manufacturing and warehousing and all that, and we start doing more of that here, pff, you may be catching a wave, my friend. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, this is a. It's something that needs to happen. And, uh, fortunately, we've been developing it and just making sure everything's really good to go for the last five years or so. Are you a coder? Like, are you writing the code or did you have a part? How'd you get this software built? So we, I was initially the coder. I know how to do that architect. Then it gets into software architecting and everything else. I architected the software, communicated with um, the right partners, technology partners to then uh, build it and optimize it from there. Okay. All right. And how have you funded this, my friend? Uh, bootstrap, the uh, mom, dad, talk to, me about the talk to me about the cash. Uh, the So friends, family, and founder Bootstrap got us to about $100,000. Uh, that got us to our, where we are today. That 100000 paid for the software build. How did you eat? How did you eat? Ramen noodles? How did you live? Because that's not a lot of money. Hard knock, it's a hard knock life for a little bit, I suppose. But, um, you know, you can... Just opportunity cost, I suppose, is the best uh, answer for that. But I for sure have um, gave up a lot of things in time for this, which is something super important for anyone that's going to get into something like this needs to know. Is uh, There's a lot of back-end work and things you got to give up and uh, things that you got to look more past. But. You're telling okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna push you on this a little bit. Okay, I'm gonna push you on this. You're telling me that you've only raised a hundred thousand dollars. No, got okay. So we oh. we have raised a hundred thousand dollars. All right. Um, we utilized that all throughout the last few years to get us to where we are now. We are engaging with venture capital firms as well as investment firms to close our current one point five million dollar rounds. Okay. You, uh, how far along are you on closing that? Where, where are you at? Are you still talking to people? Or are you writing up the paperwork? Where is that at? Uh, right now, going through due diligence and engagements to close a few other opportunities as we speak. But 
Like okay. a, that's more something that I can speak of with anyone interested um, just setting up a meeting. We'll talk offline because I got some, I got a lot of investors that listen to this show and some that are advisors on the Rider Flex board. So we'll talk offline. Beautiful. Um, but my point is what I was trying to get at, what I'm trying to get at here, Cooper, as much as you want to share, so many aspiring entrepreneurs that either call me or, or they, they have an idea, they want to start something, you know, or whatever. They all, unless they come from a family trust or right, or like big time family money, mm -hmm. they're all like, damn, how do I do this, man? Like, what, what, you know, okay, I got to live. I got to live. Okay. So it's going to cost, cost me $100,000 to live next year. Then I got to have the cash to get the software built. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how, like how, so they're all, you know, like, do I save all that up? Do I borrow it from mom and dad? Do I try to get a grant? Of course, it's all of the above, but. Yeah, it's it depends on the circumstance and case for sure. Like um, for me, it was I, my my family's there to love me, support me when I need it, but not give me, you know, capital. Also, that's their <laughs> own. It's, um, they've been a blessing very much throughout this. You can tell. It's almost like they're a bit anxious, but um, I'm sure more so. I guess my what I could say is, keep doing until you don't know that you're even doing it or telling yourself to do it it's more so just the sprint the there's so many things once you start a business that wants to be large that you need to do on your belt that it's just keep going and and there's so many networks that you have to meet communicate with just meet them and go from there a lot of it's just like collecting uh, collecting, being finding the genuine, the good synergies. There's so many people out there. If you're truly expressing your direction that you want to go and um, your issues, then everything can, you know, hold on out from there. I think what but I hear you. Say, I think what I hear you saying is, if you hustle and you network enough, there are people out there with the resources that will. There's like-minded people out there. Yeah, that was another thing too. If you, should, um, depending on who you're talking to. If you're talking to a lot of like-minded people that have thought about or um, have done something similar, it's very supportive mentally. And uh, I, I would say even just for the whole entire um, everything. Sounds like you, what I heard you say about your mom and dad is they're like, hey, Cooper, like, yeah, you can, Sorry, you can, you can come. If it's still like this in a oh, few minutes, my... you can try troubleshooting <laughs> the Google Home app. I always like you it. You can also try unplugging your device uh, uh, and plugging it back in. Hey, my wife must have got the internet turned back on. Look at that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Mom and dad said, hey, you can come sleep on the couch and we'll, we'll food and shelter and, and all that, but we're not writing you $100,000 checks. That's what I heard you say. My father sat me down and said, listen, you need to support and do what you want. You need to... Do it and figure it out yourself because that's exactly what we all did. Wow. How about that? Which, all right. You, all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing your dad's not a war. He, he's not like a teddy bear type, right? He's probably pretty, pretty tough. Yeah, he is. Oh, is no, he? He's a, we're uh, competitive. Yeah, that's the thing. It's more so just the mindset of whatever you would like to do. Um, you just do it, but do it right. But okay. I've heard then a few other entrepreneurs mention that in your podcast, but. Uh, it's quite true. Just um, whatever you have to do, do it. Right. Yeah. Right. Just keep going. Right. Like whatever you have to do. Okay. Who's who else is in the company? Uh, who else is part of this? 
This would be, so I'm the founder. I have a, another partner. He's sales and growth. His name's Zach. Zach actually was a former teammate of mine. I figured oh, I saw, as, soon as, as soon as, as soon as I saw his picture on LinkedIn, I was like, Oh, they played football together. I knew it right away. Yeah. It's which is so beneficial when it comes to your communication. Yes. Uh, that's what we've learned. It's a, if this is an issue, we talk and we solve it really much quick. But yeah, so Zach's been in the manufacturing realm for over half a decade, which has been awesome because once we have, we got to the point, um, he was a continuous feedback loop iteration itself. He's got an MBA. He's uh, a wizard of all his kinds as well. He's got so much experience. Uh, it's been great. So we have you... myself and Zach in-house. Okay. Okay. Do you classify him as a co-founder? Does he have equity? Uh, so all of that's that'll get situated in the long run after a few more, you know, milestones. But uh, this is like more so. You're what? like a politician. You're like a politician on some of these answers. That's okay. You're doing fine. You don't have to share. You don't have to. It's it's all good. We can talk about it offline. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I saw there was somebody else on the website though. Uh, there was a lady on the website. What what's 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 going on with her? So we have seven, we have, uh, sorry, we have also a fractional CFO contractors yeah. for all of the other things which needed to be done to get us to where we are now and raise and all of our traction. But um, we have a fractional CFO. We've got some contractors for accounting. We've got some contractors for um, just general press release and things like that, management. How about how about legal? You got legal looking at this. this we have, money coming uh, yeah. yeah, we've gotten that. Um, so we have a legal team of 30 plus attorneys. So they've been keeping us protected, which is super important. And nope. then no. um, we also have eight great advisors. So okay. well, it's, these advisors have been uh, all essentially organically met. One was this uh, executive for True Knowledge that sold the algorithm for Alexa to Amazon. They all have great experiences and like journeys that align with what we do. But like another one, he was part of the Google Earth build. So all of the particular setting point, yeah, he's, they're all um, awesome. Another one was part of Dell Nokia. Um, that's actually our fractional CFO. Another one is my brother. He's um, an international, he does robotics for Industry 3.0 ah. for an international automation company, yeah. But um, okay. another one okay. is a technology consultant. Another one is uh, one an executive for IT global executive for Ford. He was in that Ford for over you know thirty plus years. It's just goes on. Another one was has done consulting and technology for you know just uh, ERP systems, uh, SAF and yeah all those particular things. It's just unbelievable where we've gotten when you speak of what you actually generally want to do with things, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm guessing some of these people, open, some of these people opened the doors for you with these VC firms and others you're talking to about the cash raise, I'm sure. Um, no, our advisors are there for in-house issues technically only. Yeah. It's, uh, those advisors do um, express, you know, in more detailed matters, what's where we will be you know as they request to talk to them but okay. resources for advisors absolutely they can tell right away this is what you need you don't have it 
So that's yeah. a beautiful thing too. A lot of it is trying to find the right network, the right people. Keep no doubt. And, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, how'd you come up with the one point four number? If you don't mind. One point four. Uh, this so that one point four gives us a twelve month runway. Um, the twelve month runway then gives will get us to scalability to then penetrate the market however we'd like. So technically okay. it's a 1.4, 1.5 to uh, 3 million would give us everything in operations for actually 36 months. Okay. So, yeah. Would you give up control of your cap table for 3 million? Control? It, yeah. All of that is just depending on the investor, you know, the percentage and the terms. So, I mean, every yeah. all terms have to get reviewed. So, um, and then you know the syndicate. What are they? With synergy involved, you got to do your due diligence as well. They can't just yeah be some stranger or someone that does not support. <laughs> I would encourage you to keep control as long as you can, my friend. Um, you know, uh, I, I want H and Life to grow globally. I want it to be the best thing, um, technology and innovative company out there so it's okay. whatever we have to do to get to that it's gonna happen all right all right very yeah all right very good very good so are you sleeping are you, are you super stressed are you how, how are you holding up i mean how's your how's your stress level stress i've always been a calm guy i like to say my friends say that too so some of the things that typically stress or get people anxious uh, fortunately i'm able to you know, get past, but stress levels are fine. I, the, you're coming, you're talking to a guy that likes high performance business and all of those things too. You know, you can't make diamonds without pressure. Uh, I'm a strong believer that that's how you perform well too. When you're a little bit stressed, if you're not stressed, then you're usually a bit too comfortable, complacent, mm -hmm. like you're kind of getting away with that. Mm, you can't make that's, diamonds without pressure. That's good. That's a good one. I like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna steal that. That's a good one. I like it. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, all right, my friend. So you want to build this thing and and eventually sell it, or just have fun building it for now is the goal. We're it's we're taking this. We're crossing the bridges when we get there. We have everything planned out with for those bridges, but right now it's just having fun building it. Um, we're trying to get it to the point where it's so valuable that. Um, you know, we can scale up and you know globally service what we do, and then get go from there. I love it, man. I, 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 you know, I have full respect for entrepreneurs that are willing to, to you know, throw in all their chips. It's not an easy, it's not an easy gig, as you are learning, I'm sure. Uh, it's uh, every business needs capital injection. It's pretty crazy, but. Uh, asking for yeah how do you like that asking for pe asking people to write checks is it a pain in the ass or you're like okay yeah i, I know you are you, have you just accepted like this is part of it it's just part of it but in the beginning you gotta you gotta i you gotta sit in the back of the room and then digest everything going on it didn't just happen overnight where i'm sitting there uh talking to them that's for sure you gotta sit back until you know it and then go in but more repetition you could say yeah it's kind of interesting because you learn it yeah okay how to find a lot of it is finding your networks essentially mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. i'm happy to talk to anything anyone anything about hna live investments it is a bit different of a, a discussion but um, <laughs> the one thing have you have you had a chance to talk to any billionaires yet have you had any have you had one-on-ones with billionaires <laughs> Um, 
most likely I could say so. But yeah. you, I, man, I could be the guy that sits on a plane with the most popular celebrity in the whole world and accidentally not know that they are. <laughs> Which it's a curse and a blessing at the same time. But um, once I get to know someone or engage, then then I can recognize them. But if they're just a public figure. Yeah, I got you. All right, my friend, hna.live. Uh, any investors, uh, should they just go to the website? Is there a contact thing there? Do you want them to reach out to you on LinkedIn or email? How do you prefer they reach out? Reach out on LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn, and I'd be happy to talk to anyone. That's for okay. sure. Okay, very good. All right, my friend, thank you very much for sharing your story on the Rider Flex podcast, Cooper. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate um, the invitation, and it's been great to chat.